Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Entertainment Expansion. We are your hosts, Tyler Callahan and Mike Ferrante. Mike, how are you doing this week? Well, I've had better weeks to chill, Tyler. I've had better weeks to chill. Oh, what? Something happened? Not having a good week? I seem to have obtained a slight cold, which is a massive inconvenience to my daily life. I feel you on that. It could be an inconvenience to anyone that gets one. No one likes it. Yeah, but it's a perfect opportunity because today we're talking about another inconvenience. Tyler, what might that be? Uh, You consider it an inconvenience. I consider it possibly one of the better movies of this year. We are talking about the legendary (laughs) movie Irishman. The Irishman, if you haven't heard of it, is a long-awaited movie from Martin Scorsese going back all the way to 2007. He was looking for financing, looking for people to get it done. Netflix came, dropped millions of dollars at his feet, and he's like, I'm in. So what is The Irishman? Well, The Irishman, on paper, is the best hits of Scorsese's uh, crime movies. One, a crime movie about Italian mobsters. You have Robert De Niro back. You have Al Pacino back. And out of retirement specifically for this movie, Joe Pesci's back as well. So... With uh, Scorsese directing, producing this specific crime movie is Robert De Niro is a World War II veteran and he is just a normal truck driver and over time starts working more and more for the uh, Buffalino crime family. And that leads him to working and helping out Jimmy Hoffa, played by Al Pacino. And during this time, Jimmy Hoffa starts to make more enemies inside and outside of his union. And this includes the Buffalino crime family leaving Frank, Robert De Niro's character, stuck in the middle of it. Does that more or less uh, cover it? Yeah, you actually summed it up a lot faster than uh, Scorsese did. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Three and a half hour runtime. The, so, the crawl time. Let's not call it a runtime. We'll call it a crawl time. All right, Mike, uh, I'll kick it to you. What, what are your initial thoughts of the movie? Well, besides just paying homage to, you know, Scorsese all the great works he has done. And this is just a callback on, honestly, an era of mobster movies that is kind of over and done with. Like, that was big years ago. There hasn't really been a successful mob movie recently. I mean, think about it. The last one was Live By Night. No, that was not a success at all. Correct. What was the last one before that? Gangster Squad with Ryan Gosling, but that was also underwhelming. Correct, not a success. So, in order for this movie to be really successful, it needs to bring it back. Which, besides just bringing back the seasoned actors, who, that's, but like, we're beaten over the head with, oh yeah, these guys play mobsters. And, like, besides, like, De Niro stepping out of his element and started doing comedies recently, that's pretty much all anybody knows him for. That's true. And he's kind of stuck being this one-beat drum. And I mean, it's like even this really year in Joker, well. he plays yeah. a more serious role. Yes, and I thought that was perfect. But I don't know. Like the acting was okay. The CGI threw me off, and like when De Niro was beating the beating the shit out of the uh, the store owner for pushing his daughter. Yeah, and he's like kicking him. I'm like that just looks awful. Okay, I like, will disagree with you for the most part on the CGI. At two is with the CGI, but that was one of them. Uh, you because pointed like, out the kicks to, the kicks to me. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with you. Like, he's supposed to be a 40-year-old man. He's kicking like he's 60. Yeah, exactly. He's like this old man giving these, like, little kicks, and it's like, all right, like, I get it. You're actually using De Niro. De Niro's yeah. not as young as he used to be. And I would be fine with it if but it was an on. even fight. But the fight they portrayed was that he was dominating this dude. This guy's on the ground begging for his life. And it's like, then those kicks need to be powerful. He needs to be breaking ribs. And those kicks were not that at all. But granted, um, working with an older De Niro. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. There's limitations. But maybe have a body double. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I that. mean, I, I told this to you earlier, but like Marvel, Disney likes to when they need to de age, which is happening more and more often, is they just use the body double. You know, they did it in Rogue One for two characters in Rogue One. Um, I don't see why Scorsese couldn't get a team like that to do it for at least this scene. You know, have a fit dude in his 30s, 40s. You know, have a nice rough fight, put the dots on his face, and CGI Robert De Niro's face, and you know, just get a guy around the same height. No one would tell the difference. Height and build, but then again, also the de aging process didn't look that smooth to me. Uh, the CGI itself, I thought was fine. With the only besides the kicking, the only issue was Robert De Niro's eyes in the fifties, because from like sixties on, he has like those dark. Blue eyes, but there are some scenes where one eye would have a bright blue, like iris color, and then the other would be like mixed, muddied, and that really stood out in some scenes. Yeah. But I thought, besides that, I thought the CGI was fine. I didn't really notice at all besides those issues. But if I, you could have another issue of Robert De Niro, I don't know what age he is supposed to be in the 50s. Correct. If he's because Joe Pesci says at the beginning when they first meet him at the uh, truck. That, oh, you know, like, there you go, kid, you know, you know, no problem helping you out. It's like, you call him kid. He looks like he's in his early 40s. Correct. And he was in war, which was might have been 10 years before that. So cool. if he was drafted yeah. at 18, right? Who knows? They didn't go into that detail. But by the time he got out at that point, he should really only be like 28 or 30. Okay. And he will. Model. Yeah, if we're talking about the war scene, like the war flashback, oh my god, he looks like maybe in his 30s then. He does not look like a 20-year-old, 25-year-old. <laughs> it's like, I, I would have liked, maybe did this on purpose because I know CGI wouldn't work, but yeah, I mean, if he was supposed to be in his late 20s, early 30s, they failed then, if that was the idea. I mean, I'm not 100% sure, just because, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, what's what's his name? Who De Niro is portraying? Uh, Frank Sheen. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know his history, so I couldn't tell you when he was drafted into war. But usually, it was younger men in war. You didn't really have guys in their forties fighting World War Two. That's true. Yeah. Uh, just looked it up. He was born in 1920 and enlisted in the army in 1941. So he would have been 21 years old. So then. War ended in 45, so he would have been 26, let's say, 10 years into mid-50s. He'd be 36 around. So okay. still, yeah, I mean, still, if we're, if we're saying he's like 35, he didn't look 35. Yeah, not really. Yeah. But hey, they got limitations. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I mean, Disney kind of put them, like, the CGI is fine, but Disney's still, like, top class. I mean... For Rogue One, they brought two people back from the dead with their CGI. 
It looked flawless, too. Yeah. Now, what ha- what's great for those is that he's not moving around. Like, they're just standing there talking. They're not beating a guy up, but they look good. See, another thing I didn't like about this movie, Al Pacino's performance. It was like, you ever see It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. Where Charlie Day's doing the whole Serpico bit? Yeah. It was like that for the entire movie, just him yelling. <sighs> wow, we really are going to just strike out on any similarities we have on this movie. I loved his performance. I've seen it a million times. I want something. Like Joe Pesci, on the other hand. Joe Pesci is usually a loud, outgoing actor. You know like what I mean? Like in Goodfellas. This was very, he was very quiet and reserved. Mm-hmm. I liked that. It was something different. It's something I haven't really seen him do in this type of movie. So I enjoyed that. Okay. But like, I feel like these actors fall into a crutch. Like, all right, I'll be... I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to stick with that. All right. I mean, you came really prepared for this episode about this movie. I mean, Ray Romano is good. Oh, I mean, Ray Romano is always good and usually what he does. I mean, it was good to see him. I was worried he'd have a small role. He played a decent amount. I like that. Yeah, he did. I was wondering where Eminem was. But all right, I'll I'll try and go through some of your points uh, piece by piece. Uh, First off, I do agree with you, the movie... Is long, a bit too it, long at times. It doesn't really have a good pacing. I, 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 will, I will give you that the the pacing isn't... Actually, no, no, the pacing was fine. Because the issue I have with the movie is, yes, three and a half hours long. But the more I think about it, I don't know really where... It's like The Shining. You can't really cut any of it out, but you can maybe speed it up, I think. Because there are definitely some shots that linger on too long, and there's that. And for the performances, I thought... That Robert De Niro's performance at first I thought was the worst out of the three because he doesn't fucking do anything. He just does what he's told. That's it throughout the entire movie. And didn't hit didn't hit me until the end of the movie where you see him at the end of his life and what he's left with is that was the point. So looking at that, Robert De Niro actually gave a really good performance. Al Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa I thought was good. Now you're right. A performance like that, he's done a million times. But I think it works for the Jimmy Hoffa character because unlike, unlike say, the uh, Goodfellas, right, where all the uh, mobsters are, they're, they're fucking crazy. They're out of their mind. And here, they're a lot more reserved. And you see that a lot with Joe Pesci's character. Him, his higher up, the people around him anyway, are more reserved. Uh, Ray Romano as his brother, he... He's funny at times, but he's not crazy. He's not stupid. But it's so you need a foil to the more reserved mobsters. You're not dealing with regular mobsters. Jimmy Hoffa being eccentric, electric, just saying whatever he wants, whenever he wants, I think makes a great balance for the movie. Now, obviously, that means he makes enemies, uh, as you see in the in prison and the people around him. But I thought that made for some decent conflict in the movie. Yeah, and, you know, he had some internal conflict as well with De Niro's character, you know, being friends with everyone, essentially. And, spoiler alert, having to kill Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, I mean, that scene, when it happened, I was... At first, I was surprised he did it that quick, but, you know, he realized at that point, if he didn't do it, he would be done as well. Now, my question is, what happened to his son? Um, there was an offhanded comment about, 
uh, during the voiceover where they caught him on some car thing and gave him like five, ten years. So he actually went to jail as well. Uh, I because know that he was helping kill his dad? Uh, from what I looked up, uh, apparently no. Not at all. Now, that what is a plot hole, I think. How, how does Robert De Niro and the other Italian hitman explain that his father's not coming out? Yes, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, too. Like, how do you explain that? Oh, no, no they're talking. I, I, him up later. Like, I, no. I, I really don't know. Like, that, like, I, well, I think the movie's great. There are a couple small issues. That is one of them. It's because, and it wouldn't be an issue if you didn't make him a prominent character in some scenes, like in the trial scene when he stopped the hitman, the assassin. You know, he's front and center in that scene when everyone hears the news JFK got shot. He's front and center in that scene next to Robert De Niro and Jimmy Hoffa. So, yeah, but it really lets you know that that's his kid. That's his kid. Yeah. Al Pacino makes a point, you know, taught him well. Well, your kid just helped drove your hitman to kill you. Yeah. So he drove you and your hitman. Oh yeah, that's that is how good he is. It's a good kid. You always charge a guy with a gun. Did Jimmy Hoffa charge uh to Dero? Yeah, no, he did not. He he fell on that one. Yeah. Uh um, yeah. So I see I I'm just fascinated with Al Pacino, like Jimmy Hoffa, because it really felt that from when we he, met Jimmy he, Hoffa on is when the movie really shined up until the end. Because I thought the beginning was kind of slow, even though it's good performances and all that. Like, it is slow to set up. Better once Jimmy Hoffa got involved, but I feel like some Jimmy Hoffa scenes were a little bit too long. Like we didn't need all that. Eh, I could see your point. Some of the scenes where he's just berating the people that he's working with. Eh, yeah, I mean, you could have shaved a few minutes off of it. I mean, just my opinion, but... No, no, I, no, I, I understand. Because, again, it's a, it's a three-and-a-half-hour movie, and... While I wasn't the guy checking my watch and all that, I did happen to have to go to the bathroom. I paused the movie. Uh, when you see Robert De Niro, like, post-prison, right? I pause it. Netflix tell me there's 30 more minutes. I'm like, holy shit, I thought there was like 10 minutes left. Five, maybe. So it does hit you that it's a really long movie. And I think just to bring it home why I appreciate this movie more than I initially did is Goodfellas and The Departed did not show the after effects of those events. Now, Goodfellas kind of does. Well, the definitely did. No, I mean after after effects when, you, you know, I'm talking 20, 30 years. Yeah, Departed did. Did it really? Yeah, they're all fucking dead. Well, all right, it's well. Done. Okay, for the people that live, I mean, for the people mean, that live. You want to know what Marky Mark's doing these days? Well, who knows? Maybe he, you know, arrested some more crime people. But yeah, the point is more for the monsters. And Goodfellas kind of did this at the end with their, uh, you know, title credits on what happened to this person, all that. But Scorsese spends, because you would think, all right, the big event is Hoffa gets done. He gets done in. He's murdered. And that's it. That's the big event. That's the big bang. But it's not. You see, because in any other crime movie, leading up to Jimmy Hoffa being killed and the initial after effects, that'd be the climax and the movie's over. What Scorsese does is you see what happens to uh, Joe Pesci's character, what happens to Robert De Niro, and how, because they lived through these events, but they didn't die. They lived. So they face jail time. Uh, no one remembers them, really. And they just die out. And Robert De Niro loses his family in the process, which... It's something they tease throughout the entire movie, but it doesn't hit you until he tries to 
at that point when he's like 80 trying to make make a connection with them and they reject him uh, i thought that was pretty powerful yeah i guess because i i saw some complaints online for his daughter you know his daughter that the one that never liked him right and the uh yeah. joe uh joe pesci when she's when her only line as an adult is when she asked Robert De Niro why. Because she knows he's the one that killed Jimmy Hoffa and they can't find him. And that was the last yep. time she talked to him. A lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, she only said one line or whatever. And I'm like, that's all she needed. All she needed. Her acting was so good through the expression on her faces during that dinner where, you know, she shows sweetness and kindness to Jimmy Hoffa anytime they dance. Disappointment whenever she looked at Robert De Niro and disgust at Joe Pesci and the uh, mobsters around him. Her acting during that scene, it really is underrated. Uh, uh, which, as a ch- the child or, or the adult? Oh, no, no, as an adult, when uh, Robert De Niro is getting the uh, award, like that big scene, right? And you see all the characters talking, and at that point, society, Jimmy Hoffa's got to say sorry or that's it. Do you know who that actress is? Not offhand, no. You ever see uh, X-Men 1 through 3? Yep, of course. That's Rogue. Damn. Well, did not know that. Yeah, well, now you do. Now I do, yeah. Well, I guess that explains the acting, because her expressions in those scenes were pretty powerful. So her one line, her only speaking role in the adult, it really does hit home. Because she asked why as a kid. She asked why as an adult to, really, I think the only person she cared enough more than, uh, the only person more would be her mom, I think. See, I really enjoyed what Scorsese did to convey these emotions. Yeah. So he told her, whenever you look at Joe Pesci, I want you to think about X3. Just think about that. And that's where the look of disgust came from. Yeah, because he was like, she, that's like, they, the kid was always smart from the beginning. Like, the kid caught on fast. So when you, when you see the head mobster and his people around him talking, and she sees the back and forth, it's like, she knows something's up. So it's good that they didn't play them off as stupid. And the other scene with his other daughter, she she makes a full circle by like, yeah, we didn't tell you anything because we were afraid of you. Because it goes back to the incident where with him, old guy, kicking that shopkeeper. And yeah. I, I, I liked how we only, we have, Scorsese puts you in the mindset of tunnel vision. So you only see everything from Frank's perspective to the point where, remember in Goodfellas how it was a plot point about how, how, uh, how there was uh, the second girl, right? The guy's like done with his first marriage and just kind of wants to move on to other women, right? That became a whole plot point, another apartment and all that. In this movie, it's so tunnel visioned that Robert De Niro brings the waitress to a hotel one night. That's it. You don't see a divorce. You don't see papers changing hands. It's just next scene later, it's flash forward to them bowling and there she is. There's the waitress. And I, I thought that was surprising, but it makes sense because... No, because he's recounting his life. He yeah, that's what know I'm... what his life was doing. But that's so, what like... I'm saying. Like tunnel vision, Frank doesn't care that much about the marriage anymore. It's like he he's moved he's moved on. So why should we focus yeah. on the switch? It's, there's no purpose to the story, and he has a throwaway line saying the you know the daughters took a shine to the waitress anyway, so it didn't matter. Did they though? Uh well, I mean, we never fully know because they don't interact that much. We just see the daughters not happy with the father. But I think that goes into the tunnel vision thing I said. It's like he has so much tunnel vision on what's happening around him. He doesn't see how his family views him, you know? And that does yeah. bite him in the ass. It takes a while. 
and bites him ass to the point where he's got to buy his own fucking coffin. Yeah, like kind of like the uh, fuck. What's his name? That's a rapper, Action Bronson. That was the coffin guy. The one selling the coffins, or the one helping Robert De Niro around town. I'm pretty sure that was Action Bronson, the guy selling the coffin. Oh, okay. Oh, god, I loved his inspection when he realized that he's buying it himself. Yep. Uh, like this is not a comedy, but there were some funny moments. Yeah, of course. I don't know. I, I, I feel uh, I've talked quite a bit about while I enjoyed the movie, and we have this down the road for a director discussion. While I do enjoy the movie, it might even may even reach my top ten um, for the year. It is for me the weakest Scorsese movie I've seen. Like it's good, but it hasn't hit those highs that he's hit before. I can attest to that. Okay, and we've seen we've both seen a good amount of Scorsese movies, so like it's there, but it doesn't surpass the others. Yeah, I could agree. What I'm thinking of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he tried to get this done back in 2007. This really would have been better. I swear to God, anybody says Shutter Island in the comments is worse than The Irishman. You guys need to go reevaluate your lives. No, no, it's fine. If anyone does place a comment like that, we will read it. And we will laugh at you for five minutes straight. Fucking A, I'll laugh at them for three hours and 30 minutes so they can know how fucking stupid that shit is. Yeah, anyone, or how about even just Shutter Island's not a good movie, you're getting laughed at. Shutter Island is a good movie, and one of Scorsese's best. Yeah, but we'll get into that in another episode. Yeah. Has any thoughts about it, Tyler? Well, if anyone does have any thoughts about The Irishman, which Netflix says about 26 million people watched it within the first week, so there's somebody out there. You can let us know at a few places, including... Email at entertainmentexpansion at outlook.com. You can also let us know on Instagram at entertainmentexpansion. We have a post that goes up every week with the episode. Feel free to comment there. And when the video version of it is up, you can like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube at Entertainment Expansion. We do look forward to hearing from you. But, Mike, I think that's about it. Unless you have any other thoughts, good or bad, probably bad. Nope, I think that about sums it up. Let's, All right. Uh, let's... Let's hear it in those comments, guys, if you want to have a nice discussion about this next week. Yep, you know, just not Shutter Island related. But that's it for this week's episode of Entertainment Expansion. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.